What is grace? Grace is community. Grace is passion. Grace is for everyone. This evening, we are gathered to celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ. We spent the last month of Advent preparing for this moment. We even used the story of that famous ballet, The Nutcracker, to look at different parts of the season. From the story of a little lady named Clara, we saw how difficult it can be to wait for Christmas, but that there is much learning and growing that can happen in that time of waiting. Next, the Godfather Drosselmeyer was someone that helped us think about the character of God. We saw some of the things God does and does not do for us. Uh, Sometimes we assume too much about who God is and what God does. We also had Franz, who reminds us to care for our brothers and sisters around us. And finally, the nutcracker himself. He reminds us of Jesus and just how much God loves us. He gave up his life for us. And in his resurrection, we find new life in him. So even in a secular story that seems to have nothing to do with God, we can find examples of God's love for us. How much more is this true in the Bible itself, where we hear why God sent Jesus as a little baby to this earth? Let's hear that story now taken from the Gospel of Luke. Sal is going to read for us. Uh, An angel has already told Mary that she has found favor with God, and she would name this baby Jesus, because he is the Son of God and would be the King of Israel. This doesn't make a lot of sense to Mary because she is a virgin, engaged to be married, but she trusts this angel and says, Here I am, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. Now we come to the birth of Jesus. This is Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 20. Hear now the word of the Lord. A decree went out from Emperor Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration and was taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. All went to their own towns to be registered. Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to the city of David called Bethlehem because he was descended from the house of, and the family of David. He went to be registered with Mary, to whom he was engaged, and who was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for her to deliver a, her child, and she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in bands of cloth, and led him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. In that region, there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, And they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is the Messiah, the Lord. 
This will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and laying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace among those whom he favors. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go now to see Bethlehem and see this thing that had taken place, which the Lord had made known to us. So they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the child laying in a manger. When they saw this, they made known what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured all these words and pondered them in her heart. And shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. Amen. Amen. And from Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, For a child has been born to us, a son given to us, authority rests upon his shoulders, and he is named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. This is the word of the Lord for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let's hear now, O Holy Night. Oh, holy night, the stars are brightly shining. It is the night of the dear Savior's birth. Oh, no. 
Let's pray as we listen now for God's word. Lord, make us an inclusive community, passionately following Jesus Christ. Help us to hear your good news today, not what we want or what we expect, but what you have for us today. Move our hearts as we celebrate Christ. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Uh, I have good news and I have bad news. Which one do you want to hear first? I imagine someone has, has posed this question to you before. Uh, what we say, uh, what we choose, though, says something about us, doesn't it? If I remember it right, my wife Emily uh, asked exactly that question to me the day that she shared that she was pregnant with our first child. She asked if I wanted the good news or bad news first, and I said, bad news. Then she launched into a very detailed account of how she was going to have to quit her job and we wouldn't have any money. I said, wait, what? Why is this happening? And then she showed me the positive result of her pregnancy test. I knew what she wanted. She wanted me to sing and shout and dance around the house in joy, but that's not really who I am uh, when I hear good news. Uh, more important to me than celebrating any good news is never looking like a fool. I'm not singing and dancing just to have her say, ha ha, just kidding, I'm not really pregnant. So I asked, is this real? She said yes, and I said okay, and I carried on with my day acting as if nothing was different. I didn't exactly respond like Mary when the angel announced good news to her. I didn't say, let it be according to your word. I probably could have given her a little song and dance to affirm my love for her and for our future together. I'm sure that would have helped, but I didn't. I played it cool. What my wife Emily doesn't know about her announcement, though, is that my mind was already hard at work figuring out how to refinance our car loan and how I was going to schedule time off from work to support our growing family. Good news really doesn't make me celebrate. It just makes me work harder. But that's not everyone. Uh, plenty of people, when they have good news and bad news to share, they say they want to tell people that good news first. There's a fancy term for it called priming emotion protection, which means we usually think if we tell people the good news first, then they won't feel so bad when we tell them the bad news after that. But that's not really how people work. Research shows most people prefer to hear the bad news first. Even as you tell them all the good news, they just worry about what bad news is coming after that. So the idea is lead with the bad news first, then share the good news and some possible solutions. So for the people out there today that didn't buy your loved one the present that they really, really wanted for Christmas, you might want to tell them that before they open their gifts. Just, just a suggestion. In the Gospel of Luke, we hear about some good news. On that very first Christmas centuries ago, there were shepherds in the field. The good news was that Jesus was born. He would be a savior, a messiah who would rescue the people. Uh, there are some interesting things about this good news, though. One is that it is shared with the shepherds. We don't really have this association today, but back then, shepherds were not well-liked. In fact, people back then thought of shepherds as the bad people. No good news would come from a shepherd because they weren't like everybody else. Back then, everybody knew 
everyone in their town, in their community. They all went to church together. They all helped each other out. It was a real community. Shepherds, on the other hand, had a a bit of a reputation. We usually think of King David, who was a shepherd, or, or Jesus saying, I am the good shepherd. But back then, that wasn't the first thing people thought about. Uh, back then, when G, uh, uh, way before Jesus was shepherding, um, uh, before Jesus shepherding was a, a noble occupation, um, but Jesus' time shepherds didn't belong to the community. They were always out working. They stayed all day and all night from early spring to late fall, with their flocks, sleeping in the field with the animals. Sometimes a person would uh, um, own just a few sheep or goats, so they would hire a shepherd to add their few animals to their larger flock. The shepherd was known, though, for not taking care of other people's animals as well as he would care for his own. They worked with these dirty, smelly animals, dealing with manure and blood. This was not a glamorous profession. Even if shepherds did want to go to church like everyone else, they would have been too unclean to be with the others. This led to all kinds of rumors about shepherds being untrustworthy. They were second-class citizens. Their reputation was so bad that eventually religious leaders would ban pasturing sheep and goats in Israel. They had no rights in court and were considered sinners and despised people. And among these people who never heard any good news, who were themselves considered bad news, comes an angel. To you is born the Lord. It's good news, sure, but it came to the wrong people. Who would listen to these shepherds? Why would God even bother to share this good news with them? And I wonder if it might be because God is declaring at the very beginning of this story of salvation that this is not just for the rich and powerful. This isn't news for the king who later in the story, when he hears about Jesus, immediately tries to kill him. It's not for the religious leaders either, the ones we usually think of as holy and special, Most of them ignored Jesus until he became such a problem they too tried to kill him. This is good news that changes the way the world works. It's good for the poor and the sick and the lonely. This is good news for those who don't know what to think about, including those who may not feel worthy of good news. It's even good news for the folks who might be tuning me out right now, checking their watch for when they can go home. The shepherds remind us that there really is hope for everyone. No one is a lost cause. No one is beyond God's love. There's a story of a ship during World War II that was struck by a torpedo from a submarine. As the sailors panicked, four chaplains began began calmly distributing life jackets to everyone on board. It might sound like a joke, but the chaplains included a Catholic priest, a Jewish rabbi, a Methodist, and a Dutch Reformed minister. Quickly but calmly, they gave out every jacket on board, and since there were still soldiers in need, when they got to the end, they took their own jackets off and gave them to the next people in line. There was no discussion No hesitation, they just took off their life jackets to help save 
the next person. As the ship went down, the chaplains were seen with their arms linked together, praying and singing hymns together. Congress later gave them a posthumous medal for heroism. They gave up their life so others could live. That is a beautiful example of what Jesus' birth is all about. God says Jesus' birth is a sign of love for all of us. It doesn't matter where you come from or what you have or who you are. God sent Jesus so that we could know what love really looks like. Imagine what the world might look like if all of us were willing to not only tell people about the good news of Jesus, but to love others in the way that he did. There's a quote I heard years ago that says, If it's not good news for everyone, then it's not God's good news. Jesus is the good news that is truly for everyone. God gave us Jesus so that we could all see how to love. And we share God's love not by telling people what to think or what to believe, but by loving them and working toward the good of all people. This is the world Jesus invites us to live in, and it all starts with the birth of this baby that we celebrate tonight. That's why we give gifts on Christmas Day. That's why we gather the family together. That's why we put on our Christmas sweaters in this freezing cold and go to church. We are reminding each other of how to love not just ourselves, not just our own families or people that are like us. We love the way God loved in making a way for all people through Jesus Christ. We'll end with this. Uh, there were a couple of teenage sisters early on in the pandemic who recognized that isolation was really painful for people, especially for seniors. They saw it in their own grandparents, so they started calling them as often as they could to make sure they stayed connected throughout the quarantine. Then their grandparents told them about a letter they received in the mail and how absolutely delighted they were by it. It got these girls thinking, hey, maybe instead of calling just our own grandparents, we could write letters and make a bigger impact. So that's what they did. They reached out to the senior facilities in their area and asked if anyone would like to receive letters in the mail. The response was overwhelming. They wrote as much as they could, but then had to recruit others too. They ended up with thousands of recruits that have written over 460,000 letters as part of their Letters Against Isolation organization. They have found a way to not just do some good, but to do a whole lot of good. This past week, I was able to see the impact letters written to seniors can have. Uh, Patricia, who helps with the Sunday School program, had the idea for our Advent Family Workshop that one of the projects could be writing cards and making little ornament decorations for the homebound and the caring ministry. I got to deliver some of them. And you wouldn't believe the smiles on people's faces. They say, see me and they say, oh, hi, Pastor. But they open up a card from one of the little ones and they are delighted. Their smiles are so big. It's one simple way to spread good news and share God's love. The more we do that, the more we are like Jesus, disciples making the world a better place. And that's what God does for us. We celebrate that God didn't just do a little good. He sent Jesus into this world to do the maximum amount of good, to change the world, 
and to make hope and peace and joy and love a permanent part of our lives. As you head home to celebrate Christmas, remember this good news and share it with the world. This good news is for everyone. It's for those dirty, smelly shepherds. It's for the isolated, the lonely, for all those who feel like they are on the outside looking in. God did it so that we could welcome them in just like Jesus did. So let every action you take be an act of love that does the most good for the whole world, just like God did through the birth of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. For everything happening at Grace, check out our website at gumc.org.